0: welcome everyone to discovery a star trek podcast by fantastic geek your official unofficial star trek discovery podcast my name is matt and joining me as always is pete hello pete hello matt hello
1: everybody here we are 10 days to star trek discovery
0: now, Pete, is that 1-0 as in the episode 1001001? <laughs> so does that mean that we're actually one day away? I'm confused. Are we on Binus? Are we on Earth? Help me out, Pete. We're
1: not on Binus. Uh we're unable to make it to the LA premiere, Matt, to which we were invited. However, um there's something else in the works.
0: Indeed, there is. But Pete, let's talk about this week's Star Trek Discovery news, starting with the, uh, the really lovingly crafted video showing the, uh, showing the first recording of the Star Trek Discovery theme.
1: I got absolute goosebumps in watching this. I think it was a wonderful way, um, to get the, uh, idea of the theme out there, um, it, it does, of course, make heavy use of uh, motifs from before. But I think this is a situation where uh, needing uh, every bit of goodwill, again, when you're going to ask people to pay for your TV uh, product that uh, all the other series have aired over the air for free. Um, to have composer Jeff Russo talking about what it meant to him to be able to do this and then to see the, the playing of it. Uh, I loved it. Matt, I know you had a little bit of a difference of opinion. And then, uh, of course, you're going to give me an opportunity to change your mind.
0: Yeah, well, let me preface my thoughts by saying the pendulum has swung back a little bit. It's becoming fashionable in some corners online to now declare gloom and doom for the the Starship Discovery and the show Star Trek Discovery. I'm certainly not in that camp. I think of the great Star Trek themes. I mean, one after another after another. Some of which, like Deep Space Nine, take a little time to grow on you, or that's a absolutely title sequence you know as as the title sequences change throughout the seven seasons it all gets better Uh, i think for my money the star trek voyager theme is one of the greatest tv themes period and certainly the best star trek theme so it's a little bit of a stack deck against you for the new kid showing up um I I really liked the beginning that you know variation on the the four opening notes. Yeah. Uh, the, the middle portion to me it just simply didn't blow me away. I'm not disappointed. I'm not saying Pete this is proof it's all a sham. This is just <laughs> CBS and Netflix taking the money and run. It, it, to me it was just it was a bit it was a bit humdrum. It was a bit kind of familiar with what everybody does nowadays. Again, you know, I listened to it multiple times. Do do I reserve the right for my own mind to be changed with a lovely title sequence with characters that I really connect to and things of that sort? Absolutely. It is just theme music, but for me, that middle portion, the part that is most Jeff Russo and least pulling from Alexander Courage, it it kind of just left me a little underwhelmed, but I'm okay with that.
1: I'm not going to deny that it is not on the level of uh the original series it's funny that you mentioned voyager i think voyager does have a an underrated score from the beginning of the show uh the the credit sequence the main title um deep space nine definitely grows on you over time uh you know what oddly grew on me too was the diane warren faith in the heart um You know, with some of the changes they did, but then they actually sped it up and in later seasons, I don't think it was as good. I know they were reacting to the criticism. Oh, you put a pop song in front of my Star Trek. What have you done? You have put sardines in my chocolate and peanut butter and I will not eat it. Um, So I, I would tend to agree a little bit with that blandness, but where my brain went as I heard that was okay. I expect our TV screens to be flooded with images at those moments that only enhance that music in a way that the music enhances those images. Um, I'm a big orchestral score guy, big John Williams fan, uh, Michael Giacchino, uh, as uh, as is Matt uh, you know, back to his looking back at lost uh, podcast days and and welcoming me on to talk about the music which I have spent a lot of time listening and and you know really kind of know by the back of my hand. Um, I know these scores very, very well. Uh, I am not a musical person in the least in terms of any talent with music, but, um, I think as a return to Star Trek on TV uh, and in the template of a Game of Thrones, which let's be honest about that theme song only gets better with the passage of time. But initially was like, all right, am I at the Renaissance fair? What, what is happening here? Um, I think this punched most of the buttons it needed to.
0: Well, Pete, kind of tangential from what you just said, uh, it makes me think you mentioned some of the images that have accompanied previous Star Trek themes, given that we are kind of inferring that uh, we don't get to see the discovery, you know, at the top of the first episode by the time we hit the credits for the first episode, given that, again, just making inferences here, uh, that we see... um, you know, we see action starting on the Shinzu and then making our way th- to the Discovery. Does that open to the possibility that even within the first season, perhaps, we see uh, elements of the credit sequence changing? Not the music, necessarily. I'm, I'm not saying let's get rid of the music, but... Um, Maybe as action moves from one ship to the next, we see we see changes there kind of happening in in real time almost.
1: That I think is a very distinct possibility. Again, back to Game of Thrones and the way that their credit sequence changes with the map and what is included and how that hints at uh, action in an episode. Um, I'll do you one better. I picked up a, a distinct with with some of the. Vocal elements. I picked up uh, the choral elements. A little bit of a Klingon vibe. And we know how big the Klingons are uh, believed to be in this series. Um, There was at one time, Matt, you may have uh, heard this back in the day. There was much bandied about the thought that one of the spinoffs Star Trek shows would be an exclusively Klingon show. I think there is a lot of DNA of that in Discovery. Um, and more information has come out about the, the Klingons and, and these particular Klingons in the past couple of days. I think we're going to hold that to our, our final preview podcast next week. And really talk characters and go deep there. But I got a a vibe that we're going to see the Klingons in the credit sequence. And that some of that music was meant to back them.
0: Well, again, though the music by itself did not leave me uh, completely wowed. Now you even have me wondering, you know, like I've never heard any of the Star Trek themes prior to seeing the credits. That's where
1: where we are right now. There's a lot of interest in this in terms of, you know, th- this coming out, the way that they're launching it, the time of year that they're launching it at, the production route that we've taken here, and a couple other things we're going to talk about today.
0: Absolutely. And indeed, Pete, why don't we, we move to our next topic here? Let's talk about, you know, everybody listening, I'm sure, knows that, that uh, there is the approximately 8:30 PM uh, airing on CBS TV on uh, Sunday, September 24th. I say approximate because they're leaving some leeway for for football, uh, possibly uh, making things a bit later. That's probably their nightmare scenario. After you know, having announced <laughs> the show
1: double overtime yeah. college rules football
0: games we've never seen this before as we go into the third overtime it's 11:25 um,
1: on the east coast all right next up is star trek discovery
0: <laughs> Um, but you know, it's been well cataloged that the, that the episode will air on CBS at eight 30 that, um, immediately thereafter the second episode will be available on CBS all access, but that's
1: the selling point, man. And I would expect a, a very heavy cliffhanger to get people to smash that button, whether it's the, the initial subscription or the special no commercial subscription, but they are banking on that. We have something to report past that, Matt, that we've been told exclusively.
0: Indeed, Pete, exclusively shared with us is the fact that all subsequent episodes will be hitting CBS All Access also Sundays at 8.30 p.m. uh, Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. And um, certainly a slightly curious time there. I think that you could argue pro and con for other times, but that is, Pete, currently the plan. It is
1: a very odd time on the half hour, particularly on that night. The first couple weeks will work in their favor. Um, I, I think there will be very warm reception to the over air um, pilot, I, I think. And I've talked to a lot of people who I, I'm going to watch it. Um, and then I explain to people oh, yeah, and you know that the next episode and all the other episodes you're going to have to pay for. I am? Well, it'll be on Netflix, right? No, it's going to be on CBS's version of Netflix, CBS All Access. On what now? Um, So I I think they have a little bit of a clarity problem. Uh, Again, I would imagine there's really a a, a mechanic within – the production of these two episodes to pull people both times. One, here's the freebie. We're going to make it as dramatic as possible at the end. And, and you're going to want to know what happens next and, and boom, you can go to CBS all access and you can pay and you can see the next one. And I think you've got to hook people to go for the next one. Um, Granted it's, it's a monthly subscription, but um and and look at where we are that night matt what dominates in the fall on sunday night the the most watched thing on tv
0: though fading in the ratings the walking Mm -hmm. dead is uh is absolutely the still the king of ratings it Um, still is and football
1: is the king of of ratings overall But both are on the decline. This is an opportunity for Star Trek Discovery, and that's why I wonder why they're going with 830. You and I were talking before off air, you know, why not 7 p.m.? Why not 7 a.m.? Why not, you know, uh, 3 a.m. Eastern, midnight Pacific, dominate Sunday?
0: Well, I think I think, Pete, that you have uh, you have mentioned the answer. I think that CBS is planning on using its biggest lure, which is uh, the eyeballs watching football on Sundays. I, I imagine that uh, that CBS, uh, you know, CBS uh, offerings of the NFL are going to have this this show, this uh, service of all access, have that all. You know, it's going to be one of these inescapable things. I suspect as they try and really move people over. Is there, you know, I I guess it's up it, it's up to them to know whether there is a big uh, big crossover from uh, <laughs> from hardcore NFL fans to hardcore Star Trek fans, but
1: yeah, I gotta wonder like Star Trek is Star Trek and it's legendary and it's fifty one years old and everybody has heard of it though they may not have watched it, um, but is, is that red meat, you know, uh, <laughs> audience? your audience yeah i'm sure they're banking well we have the most watched thing on tv in this sport even though it continues to decline in the wake of a number of scandals and other issues um do they think that'll translate that that's what they're they're gambling on time is gonna tell
0: here is what i think we need to keep in mind regarding cbs's gamble and again you know would it be perfect if it was all on netflix and we didn't have to pay anymore, and so on and so forth yes everybody in hollywood is starting to figure out that broadcast ratings are on a decline and they're not coming back and it's not moving permanently to cable it's moving to the internet so if you are a cbs do you really want to relegate your future to owning a a fraction of hulu or you know, be increasingly in competition with original programming on Amazon and on Netflix, or do you go it do, you know, do you go it alone? I think that there are some really smart people in Hollywood saying, X number of years from now, whether it's five, ten, fifteen, twenty, instead of paying that whatever ninety nine dollar cable bill to get all your channels, you're instead gonna pay five, five dollars a month or you know five, ten dollars a month uh to uh to to various places to get your netflix to get your hulu to get your amazon to get your cbs all access to get your disney when they do their all streaming if they don't buy netflix outright so that is their gamble and we can again we can quibble as consumers i know i'm ready to watch cbs all access and to to plunk down my money to watch discovery if there are other shows that hook me in i'll keep the uh, subscription if not you know, take a month or two off until Star Trek returns. It's on them to cater to me. And that's what I like. That's what we've been saying, Pete, this entire time. <laughs> How often the, do you get to vote with your plus dollar?
1: We've been podcasting uh, Star Trek Discovery um, in preparation for its initial um, early 2017 launch date, Matt. Uh, you know, like,
0: if, you can, if you can pat yourself on the back. For chipping in X amount for the Kickstarter for the Spock documentary, there is a certain scenario where this isn't that different. This, you know, and it's fine, Netflix has paid for the licensing, so the show is already paid for. I understand those internal numbers. We get to vote for this show with our money. Yeah. And that's incredibly powerful, especially for a show for, 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 for a for a series of Star Trek as a whole that's had these ups and downs and gone away and come back so many times. We get to help lift it up.
1: And CBS knows what they have in a crown jewel of a property, and and they have called it that. Um, Is it what it was? Is it what it can be again or something it's never been before? That's what we're about to find out in this great experiment. I've got to give CBS credit. They have stuck to their guns, and the last thing we're going to talk about today, Matt, Certainly speaks to that when, again, you're asking people to vote with their dollars.
0: It is a it is a gutsy move, and we'll discuss pros and cons, but it is a gutsy move that no one who sees the first two episodes next week – as part of the press no one will be allowed to write a word to share a vague impression to give a thumbs up or thumbs down emoji to take a picture outside cbs with a frown or a smile or a horizontal you know uh, mouth shape none of it they are keeping this embargo tight as tight as any show out there uh, i would dare say whether it's just the combination of a little less focused than you know Game of Thrones and all its international uh, interest or just a super locked down culture that they have there in Toronto nothing but nothing aside from what the Klingons and makeup that one picture nothing has leaked out everything has been official this official that approved oh here's a picture of the hallway outside the set where I can only show you the floor because that's approved. I mean, this has been airtight.
1: We have been in discussion with CBS for some time, and the decision came down to us a couple weeks ago the word that there would be no screeners. Okay, makes sense. You're you're concerned about security. Game of Thrones has not done screeners in at least two seasons. Uh, they have a legendarily leaked out of that production, Uh, The end of this season that just aired in late August, that was leaked as a synopsis in October, November of last year. And it was nearly verbatim of what I read when that happened. We have so little. Spoiler Pete, Matt, I am scratching myself right now. (laughs) I know so little going in compared to what I ordinarily know. Uh, and I'm being a hundred percent truthful when I tell you that, um, we are working on, uh, getting a, a, an impression early. And, uh, certainly, uh, if that is to happen in any embargo measures that are made, you, you abide by those, you, you abide by those, or you, you run a lot of different risks legally, um, and, and otherwise in terms of. Access in the future and you know, Hollywood particularly when it comes to matters of the press is uh, Is a unbelievably small place? Um, but Let's talk about what an embargo means and not allowing those reviews prior to Something airing or something being available uh, in a theater
0: the first reaction online i think in everybody's mind is they don't want people to know that it's just a disaster and i think that that's a fair first impression but let's just do a little time out here the entertainment industry particularly in the last six months they are hyper aware or let me put it this way there is the perception in hollywood that one negative voice now gets echo chambered to a point that it kneecaps what otherwise would have been okay myself as a consumer mm-hmm. i personally disagree with that when i hear hey i like the rock i remember watching baywatch the rock in an r-rated baywatch that's cool then when i hear rotten tomatoes 14 percent, i go nope not putting money down on that i'll catch it on itunes for five bucks as a rental or red box or whatever so i think it's probably you know i think that i can trust rotten tomatoes for this movie and that movie particularly if i don't have super high expectations that said, it is in line with a number of high-profile TV events, not just Game of Thrones. I know the Twin Peaks did it. Uh, certainly, shows increasingly are increasingly are just concerned that there's going to be what they perceive to be unfair, negative backlash, and they want to take it straight to the consumers. Which, if it was my property, I would I would want to do that too. So, it's high stakes. It's high risk. They're looking for high reward. They're looking potentially 20 years from now, CBS is CBS All Access because nobody watches broadcast TV anymore and cable is on its way out.
1: Terrestrial TV? Come on, man. That's, that's so 2017. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll take it from the other side. Um, the immediate concern is that they're sitting on a dud. That they don't want critics to be able to get that word out ahead of time um, and, and let people know, particularly in a sense that the rest of this show, you have to pay to access. There will inevitably and invariably be piracy, particularly with it airing in Netflix in other regions. Um, but again, that that's – That's the way that is today. Um, so again, to, to hold their cards to their vest like this, I I give them full props. I I just have to question if it's the right move. If you are confident in what you have and that premiere happens Tuesday and you allow Allah, I don't know the star Wars, the force awakens, you will, you allow people to tweet out um, general reactions. I remember seeing uh, late at night over here, but I stayed up to wait until people got out. He did it. JJ did it um, and, and the word was very, very positive and, and people were excited. Um, you're, you're not going to stifle as much of the reaction as you think you are either. There are ways of getting that out um, and with a five-day lead. I don't know, Matt. I don't know. They either they're super confident in what they have and they know people are going to tune in and then pay up or there's some concern. I don't know if there's a middle ground.
0: To me, I just look at all the social media stuff that the, uh, you know, whether it's some of the actors, some of the producers, writers, etc. cetera. Uh, I look to some of that, which could it be, through the echo chamber of this is great this is great sure but to me there's just an authenticity to it and there's a pride to it it's the farthest thing from patrick stewart lived in a hotel for the first 13 episodes of next generation because he was convinced it was going to be cancelled at any time um i think it is just it is just supreme confidence here um hopefully it's because what they're what they're getting back they are just blown away by um and to be fair they don't need to have a big opening weekend quote-unquote the way movies do whether you are activating your cbs all access account uh the the sunday uh of of the first two episodes or whether you're doing it i mean theoretically any time in that week i still it still is you know seven days the movie you know movie weekend to weekend you could say it's seven days but it makes no difference to cbs when you get into the ecosystem as long as it's at some point during that first week you know i think if anything pete i think back to the very first convention where star trek discovery was discussed which was mission new york uh that we had attended uh one year ago and i think about how the old time trek guard that was there ready to pull things apart because oh man you're not doing it the way it always was done except for, you know, the subsequent series where it wasn't done that way. Maybe it's that attitude they're trying to combat as well to sit and say, show up, judge it. Don't, don't let a review from this website or this entertainment report or whatever it might be, don't let that cloud your judgment. Decide for yourself because we think we have the real deal.
1: And again, clarity and, and confidence in your vision could certainly give you that. Um, you know, we do a lot of work on, on the Marvel Cinematic Universe side of things, and all of those shows regularly screen anywhere from six to seven episodes. Uh, four with the Defenders, most recently ahead of time. Um, now those are going out through uh, Netflix, uh, Agents of Shield, and and things that go out over the air. Generally, that episode will be available anywhere from you know 24 hours to you know maybe half a week ahead of time they'll they'll share that with the media via an encrypted website and it's all very you know secure uh so they believe and and you know there are things again that leak out in that situation um i i think with the secrecy of this production i think with some of the issues that this production in particular has, has gone through as high profile as it is, um, that, uh, again, th- this is a gamble. We will be there. We are optimistic. We are ready to go. We will be watching all of these good, bad, indifferent. That's our thing. <laughs> um, so, so we are review proof, but, subscribers are not review proof. Um, The critics have to turn out whether they turn out and then, you know, the uh, the stories go live after the pilot has aired that uh, part two is not worth paying for. I think that is something they have to be thinking about and have planned for. But again, they've known for some time what these first two episodes are are going to look like in terms of where they are. They are nearly wrapped um, with uh, their season. Uh, they were shooting uh, 14 or 15 as late as the other day um, in this this first season, hopefully the first of many. Um, so, again, w- we're going to know in 10 short days how this shakes out, Matt, if not a little sooner.
0: Well, certainly fingers crossed on a little sooner, although, of course, uh, our lips will be sealed because there are many things that you might tangle with in this world. Pete, there are two that you don't. One is a Klingon Targ. The other is a Hollywood lawyer. So we like to steer clear of both and, and certainly stay in our, uh, you know, stay in our uh, subspace lane here. But it is amazing to think. I mean, I remember you know November 2015, getting that message from you. Boom, new Star Trek coming um here we are 10 days out it's I mean the excitement is building I I find myself wondering is this what it was like in 1987 for people who who carry the torch for the original series some of that skepticism wh- what do you mean direct to syndication sell it market by market nobody does that unless it's like reruns of Gilgan's Island here we are back again and here we are hopefully standing at the edge of 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 another great, wagon train to the stars Uh, hopefully this first season runs a little bit smoother than some of the rough patches in the first season of uh, next generation uh which i would expect because tv is so so drastically different now
1: i was excited when that aired i i watched the pilot um as it aired on on wpix channel 11 out of new york uh back in 87 i i remember the buzz i remember my star trek four um vhs coming with a a trailer for uh the next generation which was a a big deal at the time and now so much is managed in terms of you know how they're they're letting us see things you know the the theme reveal the other day the other things they have planned in the next couple days that, that certainly as we get to our final podcast before actual episodic Podcasts, we will give you one final catch-all coming up.
0: Well, Pete, we want to hear from our listeners. We have some some orders for you, dear listeners. Orders straight from Starfleet Command. Where are you at with Star Trek Discovery? What's your mindset? Uh, what's your level of anticipation? When will you be watching? Are you are you already committed to CBS All Access? Are you going to do it that Sunday? um what is what is your just mental state where are you with the state of trek we would love to hear from you uh definitely want to uh direct you towards itunes some reviews for the podcast pete i know in the future not the 23rd century even in the next week or two we might have some uh, some goodies to give away but pete amidst all these other questions i think there's there's one topic that we really want to hit on and that is the topic of format why don't you tell us more
1: Yes, Matt and I have extensively kicked around uh, different formats for the the episodes of Discovery that we will podcast, having seen them. Um, what do you want? What would you like us to do, dear listener? Let us know. Let us know on iTunes. Uh, certainly review us. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know via Facebook. And uh, while there is time, we can incorporate that feedback.
0: Indeed. All all part of the crew, Pete. How can people be in touch with you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, p i e t e r j k l r k e t e l a a r 6,465 followers.
0: Can't be wrong. And while I am personally... Uh, on Twitter as Looking Back Lost. You can be in touch with the podcast anytime you want. We are Fantastic Geek. You can visit FantasticGeek.com. Send an email to FantasticGeek at gmail.com. Reach out on us uh, to at Twitter where we are Fantastic Geek and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the P-H all one word. Like it. It's going to connect you With not just the Star Trek Discovery that we cover, but uh, we've done Star Trek Essentials through that feed as well. You can check out some classic episodes, get a little bit of a feel for what we've uh, looked at before and consider essential in Trek. As well as all of the things that we do every Marvel Cinematic
0: Universe TV show and film. We will be back sometime next week probably mid to late next week uh with our final anticipatory episode before we uh, dive on into star trek discovery we will podcast the pilot episode that sunday the 24th we will podcast episode 102 the next evening and then be uh be caught up with you so absolutely exciting times to be jumping back into star trek with that pete i will say majram to all our listeners and give you the final word
1: Temba his arms wide.